you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. I want to share with you a message this morning from a, a fairly familiar story in God's Word. Uh, and the message is entitled, Launch Out into the Deep. Launch Out into the Deep. Every fisherman that has ever fished has a fish story. It may be the big one that got away. It may be the huge one that they caught. It may be all kinds of things, but everyone has a fish story. I have a fish story. And I don't fish a lot, but I do fish. Quite a few years ago, kids were still at home and younger. We were on a vacation, and, and we were uh, at the beach, and, and the boys and I decided that we wanted to go uh, deep-sea fishing. And so we chartered a boat and, and uh, I mean, got on a chartered boat. And uh, there was probably about 15 people on the boat. And we launch out into the water. And, and we're just, we're on like, this is the boat. The front of the boat's up here and the back of the boat's here. We're over on this side of the boat. The boy's on each side of me, man. And we're just catching fish. We're just slaying them. I mean, every time your, your line goes in the water, it comes up. Trigger fish or red snapper. There's a few other little things, but those two, I mean, they're coming out. I think Andrew probably caught the biggest trigger fish of the day. Now, let me finish. Let me finish. David probably caught the biggest red snapper of the day of everybody on the boat. I mean, they were bringing them in like crazy. We're fishing. They're just having so much fun. All of a sudden, my rod just goes like this. And I mean, it's like oh, almost jerks it out of my hand. I thought... I've got Moby Dick, man. There's, there's a whale down here. Now I start cranking on this thing. I'm like, what in the world? So the first mate jumps down, and he goes, oh, man. He said, that's big. He said, could be a shark. Man, we get all excited. The boys are like, it could be a shark, you know. I'm fighting this thing. And all of a sudden, it starts dragging me. And so we're on this side of the boat, and it starts dragging. And so the first mate's going, raise your rod, raise your I'm ducking under people, and we're maneuvering. This thing drags me all the way around the front of the boat, tip of the boat, all the way down this side, and then back up to about that corner. And I'm fighting this thing, fighting this thing, and finally I get it to the surface. It's a dolphin. And this dolphin just rolls over, looks at me, one big old eye, and just spits it out and swims away. Never hooked him, and the first mate looks at me and goes, he was just playing with you. Man, I'm sweating, I'm wore out, I'm exhausted, you know. He was just playing with you. Yeah, okay, right? Yeah, yeah so, but end of the story is we took that red snapper and that trigger fish. We were camping. We went back to the camper and we cooked that fish straight out of the water that day on the grill that night. And, oh, it was so delicious. But we still talk about the dolphin who just drugged me around the boat, had fun, and played with me, right? Because every fisherman has a fish story. Well, the story today is a really odd story because it starts with fish that didn't get away, and it ends with men who got caught by the Spirit of God. And so Jesus is in the, by the, the Sea of Galilee, and he is teaching, and the crowd is pressing in against him, the Scripture says. And so he sees a couple of fishing boats over by the shore, 
and he goes over to one of them, and it was owned by a guy named Peter, and he says, hey, I need to borrow your boat. And he gets in the boat, and he asks him to push out a little ways, and the Scripture says that he sat down in the boat, and he began to teach. Obviously, it was a scenario where the people couldn't get out any further, so where his voice would carry across the water, and he was teaching the crowd. And as he was teaching, and they were there, and everything was going on, he finishes the teaching process, and, and then he says to Peter, Hey, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch of fish. Now, it's an interesting event that unfolds here because Peter and his companions are professional fishermen, right? And as they're professional fishermen, they have been fishing all night because real fishing at that moment in time in history was at night when it was cooler and it was in the more shallow water. And so they had been fishing all night. And Peter says this. He said, Lord, listen, we're professional fishermen. And, and you're a carpenter, okay? Let, let's, let's get real here. And you're going to tell us how to do our job? And no, we fished all night. It, it's daytime. Fish don't bite during the day. They don't bite in the deep water. We, we fish in the shallow water. And we are exhausted. That's where the story starts. And the interesting thing is, as Peter gives this response to Jesus, he says something. But at your bidding, because you say so, we will. And so they push the boats out a little bit further. They let the nets down into the water because Jesus said to do so. It didn't make sense. It wasn't the norm. It's not the way things naturally should happen for fishermen. But because Jesus said so, they did. And what I want us to see today are just a few lessons that we can learn from this story about our life and our relationship and our journey with Jesus. The first thing is this. Exhausted resources are still useful. Exhausted resources are still useful. The disciples had toiled all night. They were expert fishermen and they had done all that they could, all of their training, all of their experience, everything that they knew to try to do, and yet they hadn't caught anything. All night long, their, night, their nets had been empty. And so we look at that, and Peter's response is, we fished all night. We're tired. We're exhausted. Guess what Jesus said? I can still use you. I can still do something wonderful in your life, something amazing in our relationship. So, so the thing I want to encourage you is, if there are times in your life that you get tired, times in your life that you seem wore out, seems like you've just gone and gone and gone and you've done everything that you can and you don't have much energy and you don't have much strength left, understand, if we will be available, God can still use us. Not only can He still use us, but He can do some amazing and incredible things in our life at those moments of exhaustion and, and, and tired and, and worn out experience. That's where Peter and his companions were. They had fished all night. Guess what? It was time for them. It was time for them to go home and rest. 
They, they had exhausted every avenue. They've tried everything they could. We've done everything we know to do, and yet we didn't catch anything. And in that moment of exhaustion, in that moment of, of weakness and, and being tired, Jesus says, hey, I need you. I need you to hang in there a little bit longer. I need you to stay with me a little bit longer. I need to borrow your boat. Let's go out here. But he said, because you continue to stay with me, even in your exhausted condition, there's a reward for you. I want to encourage you when you get tired, when you get wore out, when you're exhausted, don't give up. When you get tired, when you get weary, when you've worked and worked and and you just feel like you haven't accomplished anything, all night long we didn't catch anything. I've worked, I've worked, I've served, I've served, I've done this, I've done that, and it doesn't seem we're getting any results. Don't give up. Keep on keeping on. Because the Lord can do great things with exhausted resources. He can do incredible things. And there will be a blessing for those that continue on steadfastly and continue on even in the midst of exhausted circumstances and exhausted resources. It took Peter a while to learn that. Peter wanted to always take things into his own hands. He wanted to control things. Do you, do you remember uh, you know, when Jesus was, was uh, in the garden? All of this time, Peter's been with Jesus. From this first moment of meeting him and everything going on, he's been with Jesus. He's seen the miracle. He's seen the power. He's felt the presence of Jesus. And yet, when Jesus was in the garden the night that he was betrayed, and, and the small army came to retrieve him, arrest him and retrieve him, what did Peter do? He reached for a sword and he reached out and cut off the ear of one of the servants that was there. Why? He wanted things. He wanted to be controlled. I, I, I still have, I think I know what's best. And Jesus isn't doing anything, and so I need to do something. And so grab the sword, and there he went. All of this time he's been with Jesus. And Jesus said, if you'll just let me, I'll, I'll lead you in the right direction. If you'll just let me, I'll do what needs to be done. And Peter still wanted to be in control. Peter still wanted, it didn't matter, man, I, I want to take control of this. And he's still trying to learn that. He did eventually learn that. If you remember after that, Peter was approaching the, the gate. He was uh, approaching the, the uh, opportunity, and, and there was a beggar. And the beggar was asking, and Peter said what? Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. Peter said, it's not me. It's not my resources. It's not what I have. It's what the Lord has that I can offer. And so he finally, in Acts chapter 3, verse 6, he learned the lesson. And he said, listen, I don't have silver, I don't have gold. I don't have what you're asking for, but I have what you need. And I'll give to you what you need because I do, do know what that is. And it's the Lord. And you and I need to learn that in our life, in our exhausted state, in our tired state, when we feel like we've done everything we can. He says, if you'll just let me, I've got what you need. I'll provide for you. I'll do exactly what you need done. I'll take care of you, and I'll meet the needs in your life if you'll allow me to. Second thing I want you to see is this. It's a peculiar command. When Jesus asked them to push out into the deep and let down their nets during the day, that was a strange request. That was a peculiar thing that he was asking them to do. And they even said, listen, 
You know, it's, it's night. We fished all night. We're professional fishermen. So that's when you fish, not during the day. Fish bite in the, in the, are caught in the shallow water, not in the deep water. But at your bidding, it's a strange request. Has God ever asked you to do something strange in your life? I, I think there are things that we think are strange. You know, every Sunday we have a gentleman who come here and we talk about uh, our giving. And we talk about our giving and we talk about that the more we give, the more God can bless us. That doesn't make sense, does it? That, that, that if, if I have this many dollars and I've got these many bills to pay, but I'll give to Him first, somehow there will be a blessing and there will always be enough to, to meet the needs of my life. That does, that's not normal. That doesn't make sense. But that's what He calls us to. He calls us to give to Him from our first fruits. To give to Him before anything else. And then in return, he says, when, when I'll bless you, and, and there'll be what you need. There'll be the resources you need to take care of things. That doesn't make sense. He says, I, I want you to come, and, and I want you to unite in death with me. What? We don't want to die. That doesn't make sense. He asks us sometimes, uh, he gives us a command in our life that sometimes it seems peculiar. It seems odd. It seems out of the ordinary. He, he instituted the Lord's Supper that we take every Lord's Day morning and we share in that fellowship with Him. And, and it represents His body and His blood. That's, that's kind of odd, isn't it? That, that seems strange. The body and the blood. That's, he wants us to consume the body and the blood. That seems peculiar. But He gives us those pe- peculiar commands because He calls us to unconditional obedience. He calls us to do what He commands us or instructs us to do. And that's exactly what Peter and his companions did. Lord, this doesn't make sense. It's a peculiar command. It's not the norm of how things should go. But at Your bidding, we will do it. Jesus was seeking for their obedience. He was looking for them to do what He commanded or instructed them to do, even if it didn't make sense even if it wasn't the normal thing. And so exactly is exactly what they did. They, they said, at your bidding, we will do that. Reluctant obedience. That's the third thing today. Reluctant obedience is better than no obedience. Reluctant obedience is better than no obedience. It would have been real easy for Peter and his companions to go, you know what? No. We fished all night. That's when you're supposed to fish. We fished in the shallow. That's where you're supposed to fish. We tried everything that we knew to do, and we didn't catch anything. We're exhausted. We're tired. We loaned you our boat to teach everybody, but we're done. This is as far as we go. We're going home. They could have said that. They could have done that. But reluctantly, they said, Lord, we've done all these things, but at your bidding. That's the reluctance. But at your not because we want to, not because we think that anything's going to happen, because we know it's not. We fished all night and nothing's happened. And so, so listen, we're reluctant, but we're going to obey you. We're reluctant, but we're going to do what you've asked us to do. And so the scripture says that they pushed out into the deep and they let down their nets. And what happened? They just began to catch fish. Upon fish, upon fish, think about a fisherman's story. Nobody's ever going to believe that we're in the, in the daytime, that we're in the deep water, 
and we let down our nets, and, and we got more fish than we've ever caught before. We've got so many fish, the Scripture says that the nets begin to break, the boat begins to take on water, and they begin to sink. Can you imagine the scene, the unfolding scenario that took place that day? Here we are in this boat. We're supposed to fish at night and in shallow. We're in deep water during the day. He says, let down the nets. We do it reluctantly because he said to do it. We do it, and suddenly... All of a sudden, our nets just, they're, they're overwhelmed with fish. And the nets begin to break. And I can imagine Peter and his kid, they're looking at each other going, whoa, whoa, can you believe this? Look at all these fish. Hey, watch out. This is the, the net's breaking over there. Look at that big one. Don't let it get away. Hang on, man. Water's coming in. All of a sudden, they're soaked. Water begins to come. The boat's beginning to tilt. They're beginning to sink. And they're just looking at each other going, what in the world are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? And the Scripture says what? They called for their friends. Hey, Bring that other boat over here, man. You're not going to believe what's happening. I wonder when God does something amazing in our life, if we get excited to share that with others. Because that's what they did. They got excited to tell their friends about what was happening in the boat that day because God was doing something amazing in their life. And the amazing thing was the catch of fish. Man, they were fishermen. They caught fish all the time, but not like this. Not in this scenario, not in this setting. This was, was unique, different, it was unbelievable. And so they want someone else to be a part of the blessing. Do we do that? When God blesses us, when God's doing something amazing, incredible in our life, do we get excited to share that with other people? To, to tell people about what God is doing in our life and the amazing thing that, that is unfolding before us that, that is, is unique and different than anything that's ever happened before. And I want you to know about it because God's doing something real in my life like I've never seen before. And so they call to their friends and they come and they begin to get a hold of the nets and the fish and it was too much for both boats. Too much for both set of nets. It was this unbelievable scenario. In the middle of it, Peter thought he'd just take a vacation. Well, not really. But he stopped fishing. He stopped pulling on the nets. He stopped doing what he was supposed to be doing because he did what? The Scripture says that he fell down on his knees. Right there in the middle of all of these fish, right there in the middle of water coming in the boats, right there in the middle of all of his excitement and panic, all at the same time, he falls down on his knees and he looks at Jesus and he said, Man, I, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. He said, Depart from me because I am a sinful person. All of a sudden, in the midst of this incredible thing that God is doing in their lives, He recognizes just how sinful He is. When we get the closest to the Lord is when our sin is, is the greatest revealed. When we get the closest to the Lord is that moment when we really begin to realize just how sinful we are. When we begin to see His perfectness and His holiness and His righteousness and we view it for what it really is, all of a sudden we look at us and go, Oh man, what a horrible sinner I am. And that's exactly what Peter did. 
Peter was in the presence of Jesus and this incredible miracle was happening in front of them. He had been listening to his teachings and all of these things unfolding around him and he, all of a sudden he realizes just how sinful he is. And he falls down and he says, Lord, depart from me. I, I can't even be in your presence. I am such a sinful person. What a humble prayer. What a humble realization of just how sinful he was and how righteous and holy God is and, and the difference that that makes in one's life. And so he, he calls and says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. He had doubted the Lord. He had questioned the command. He was reluctant to obey. He was exhausted and wore out. But yet in that moment, he realized just how amazing God is and just how sinful he was. And so he began to pray. He began to seek God's forgiveness and God's righteousness and God's holiness in his life. I'm not worthy. To be in your presence, depart from me, because I am a sinful person. So I wonder, why do you think that was? Why, why do you think Peter would request for, for this righteous and holy Savior to depart from him because of his sin? Maybe he felt unworthy. Maybe he felt that his sinfulness would somehow taint the righteousness of the Lord. Maybe he felt that that others would see him associating with Peter, and and man, if they see you associating with me, they're they're not going to want anything to do with you. I don't know. Why is it sometimes that we try to get further away from the Lord instead of closer to the Lord? Why is it sometimes that because of things that are going on in our life, we we stay away from church or we stay away from reading the Bible and we don't spend time in prayer. And we're kind of trying to distance ourselves from the Lord a little bit. Because why? Because we feel unworthy? Because we feel that, that our sinfulness is, is unacceptable in His eyes? Because we're worried that if, if He knows what's going on that He might not love us? But we do that. We come at points in our life and things in our life and, and things that are happening and, and we start to push away from Him a little bit. I don't want to be too close to Him because in that closeness it reveals my sinfulness. I don't want to be too connected to Him because in that connection I realize just how horrible I am. And so we push away a little bit and it's those moments in our lives that we really should go, you know what? It's painful, it's embarrassing, I, I hate it, but it is what it is. And the only thing that's going to help me to deal with it is get close to Him as I can. Get as close to Him as I can. And His purity and His righteousness and His holiness will help me to deal with the sinfulness in my life. But our natural reaction is to do just the opposite. We just start pushing away. And that's what Peter said. Peter said, hey, depart from me. I am a sinful person. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. You being with me could taint your reputation. It could make you look bad. Jesus didn't care. Well, he didn't care about that, but he cared about Peter. 
He didn't care about his sinfulness. He didn't care uh, about that his reputation. He cared about Peter and his heart. He cared about his relationship and the need that he had in his life. And Peter confessed his sinfulness. And in the midst of that, God loved him. God cared for him. And I would encourage you today that in the midst of our sinfulness, do not ever push yourself away from the Lord. You grab a hold and you draw as close as you can. Because it's in that moment that He reveals His love. It's in that moment that He shows His faithfulness. It's in that moment that He can give to us that which we need to come through that circumstance and that situation and emerge on the other side victorious. I don't know. I don't know everything that's going on in your life. But I want to encourage you today to push out into the deep. Even if you're tired. Even if you're exhausted. Even if you've tried everything and you still feel empty and you still feel hollow and you still feel weak. Push out into the deep. Obey. Maybe it's reluctance, obedience, but obey. Let down the nets. Even if it doesn't make sense. Even if it's a peculiar command or request that the Lord gives, let down the nets. And then humbly surrender your heart to Him. And know that He loves you. Know that He cares for you. And know that He wants the very best for your life that there can be. That's His desire for every one of us. And so this morning, we're going to sing an invitation. And the invitation is for us to take a look at our lives and to ask ourselves the question today, you know, which stage am I at in relationship to my relationship to the Lord? Am I Peter that's reluctantly obeying? Am, am I exhausted? Am I pushing him away, you know, depart from me because of my sinfulness? Or, or am I confessing, surrendering my heart? casting out into the deep and letting down the nets so that the Lord can work wonders in my life. Wherever you are today, this invitation is a time for us to make decisions about a relationship, about the Lord, about the journey that we're making with Him and asking Him to help us as we move forward. If there's a decision in your heart, won't you come as we stand